with Spurs again playing tonight in an all-yellow strip. Queen's Park Rangers again in a red shirt and black shorts, but again wearing those blue and white hoop tracksuit tops. Football Kit Podcast. Welcome to episode eight. I'm Les of Hull City Kits. I'm Dennis from Museum of Jerseys. And I'm Gav, the Football Kit Geek. Still high on the piety of our hopefully nuanced discussion about templates in episode seven, we've decided to tackle another subject that's prone to one-sided discussion, that of change kits, taking in away kits, third, maybe even fourth kits, or if you're Napoli, eleventh kits. We're calling this when the climate of change kits and in the way that we had templates of worship and templates of doom last time, each of us gets a positive change, which is something we like about change kits, and a change for the worse, which is something we're not so keen on. And he managed to get hold of a Duke Braga away kit because his uncle owned a sport shop and he kept it to one side. So, Gav, to take it away, what is your positive change? For me, it's interchangeability of kits. So looking at a set of kits as a whole, the home, away and third, so the change kits being part of an overall kit set. Being able to use those different elements of kits to create different looks. For me, this is a more difficult and challenging design process and then makes it more interesting rather than having just separate standalone home, away, third kits. Now, I think... There was a change of uh, regulation in the EFL. You gentlemen will probably correct me if I'm wrong, where teams can only have three registered kits this season, which is we've seen that then more in some of the designs. So some really good examples are in the championship with Les, your beloved Hull City, and Luton Town, both manufactured by Umbro, both of them giving true interchangeability. So we've seen with Luton this year, we've already had six different looks with their three shirts, two shorts, and three pairs of socks. But we did have it with Luton last year as well, where they had seven different kit variations off of their three kits with a similar colour palette. Hull this year are really interesting what they've done for me this year um, because they've used their third kit, a maroon shirt, with amber shorts, but that has allowed them to use the amber shorts with the home kit to create an all-amber look. So that's something that, They've used quite frequently away from home this season. And if you look back at previous seasons, other teams use that look um, quite a lot. So Nottingham Forest had always or often use red shorts. They haven't done so this season is a good example. So um, that's so one of my favourite things. But it isn't a recent phenomenon. We've seen this in the past. Teams like West Ham going back into the 80s and 90s would often use sky blue claret shorts in, in their away kit, then use them in home kits or interchangeability. One of my favourite examples actually in recent years was Aston Villa 
with the kits made by Luke 77 in their championship um, promotion season. Those three kits, very sleek in design, but also very interchangeable. And that element of interchangeability was was used a lot. Further examples, go if we look into international football, going back again in a little bit of history, Denmark, 1986, the famous Denmark kits. They're actually the away kit is interchangeable. And that the use of those two kits gave us four different looks for the four games that Denmark played. But you also look into other World Cups, Colombia, Cameroon, Romania have all done that element as well. That is my positive kit view. That always makes me think of Poland, how they would either wear red shirts, white shorts, or white shirts with red shorts, which gives them essentially four looks that they can choose from. And yeah, whenever I think of interchangeability, for some reason it makes me think of 1980s Poland. Yeah, it's a really good call. And I think internationals, international teams, it does stand out quite a lot. The interchangeability and then the lack of interchangeability as well. One of my favourite international examples is France in Euro 2000. They played six games and they had five different kit combinations mixing the two, which was which was pleasing. It would have been more pleasing, obviously, if they had six and six. And France at the last World Cup as well, I think six and seven matches. And they introduced navy socks as well. So they had three different uh, sock colours available. But yeah, interchangeability is definitely one of my favourites. But on top of that, I have two other ones I picked for my positive change. One, I'll just say very quickly, uh, two teams in change kits. Not all examples because I don't like it when it happens in Europe, when a home team has to change because the opposition don't have sufficient options. Or when a team just uh, unilaterally decides to change at home for no good reason, but without spoiling anyone else's uh, contributions later. What else I like, and this, for for people who don't get nuanced, this will sound stupid, but I have a soft spot for when a team's change kits actually ostensibly clash with the home, but are still useful. And before, you know, before I'm strung up for saying such a thing, I, I do get... I do get that, you know, a lot of people will say it's great when an away kit is, provides huge contrast from the home. And that makes sense. Like, we'll say West Brom as an example, navy and white home kit going green away. It seems like it's the perfect choice. But I would say if West Brom made it into Europe and they had to play Celtic, or who are green and white, obviously, or Vitesse Arnhem, who are yellow and black, they'd have to change in both those situations. You know, so they'd need a third kit as well as this really contrasting away kit. But if you think about it, the one team that a team never has to play is themselves. So they don't have to worry about clashing with themselves, if that makes sense. All they have to worry about is solving the clashes with the opposition. So, like, a lot of people give out when Newcastle would have an all-black away kit. But in the Premier League, most of Newcastle's clashes are with teams who have white in their kit so an all black option is perfect and I just like the fact that you know you're you're wearing a different kit to solve a clash but you're still wearing your club's colours so the example that that stands out and uh, like I was obviously too young to be aware of it at the time but it's one I came across in recent years in 1989 I think it was um, Monaco played Galatasaray in the European Cup and for the leg in Turkey Galatasaray wore red and yellow halves, which was their home, red shorts, red socks, and Monaco worn all white away with red trim. And then in Monte Carlo, Monaco were in their famous red and white diagonal shirt, 
and Galatasaray wore an all yellow away with red trim. And in both situations, the team's away kit would clash with their home, but it solved the clash that existed with the opposition. And I, I, it's just it's just something I like. You know, another another good good example I think is, you know, the if you ask most um, most kit aficionados, what's the ideal West Ham away kit? And it would be the the light blue with the two claret hoops. But if you think about it, that clashes with the West Ham home, and you know they, they don't get to wear that away to Villa or Burnley because it clashes. You know, clashes in inverted commas. You could wear them against each other, but you know, w- with Steve clashes and, and you know crossover colours, you wouldn't get away with it. So they they wear a third kit against Villa or Burnley, but it's perfect away to teams in red where the home definitely clashes, but this kit doesn't clash with them. But you're still looking at it and you still say that's West Ham, that's their colours and it, it, it works well. So that's just something I like. You know, I'm not, just for clarity, I'm not saying Liverpool can have a red away that doesn't work. And also for clarity, I very much dislike when a, a second kit and a third kit clash with each other because you're going to have a lot of situations then that are troublesome. Like Tottenham, in the last couple of years, they've had a navy away and a dark purple third, which is senseless to my mind. Or in 12 13, they had an all navy away and they had a black and grey half third, and they wore that at West Brom and it looked like a dog's dinner. So I'm not saying it works in every situation, but I'm saying there are there there are scenarios where it's acceptable and you know pleasing to see. Yeah, I think the biggest example was when Norwich had three kits that all appeared to be variations of green and yellow. But you're right, they weren't wearing them against each other, so so why was it an issue? Yeah. And and against other teams, they they adequately resolved clashes. And, yeah, with Celtic, if they have an all-green third kit, well, the only team you can't wear that against is Hibs, really. It worked against Dunfermline, St Mirren, you know, whoever, Hamilton Academic, it was Kilmarnock. And didn't that happen this weekend where Celtic had to pull out their one of their change kits from last season against Hibs uh, to wear all black? Yeah, sure. that's because this season Celtic have they have an all green one and they have an all white one. So, you know, it it looks like it should work. But against Real Betis earlier this season, mm-hmm. Betis had to change it home to Celtic because Celtic didn't have enough options. So I think Celtic can have an all white or an all green, but they can't have them both in the right. same season. Yeah, I was going to call that Norwich set of kits out. This, I think, is the perfect example of what you're yeah. saying, Dennis. Like, their only clash that season in the Premier League was Watford, and they wore the green, and there was no issue whatsoever. And even if they'd played Plymouth in the Cup, I think the the third kit had enough yellow to differentiate it from the green kit. So it, it, just, it came in for pelters, you're right. But again, it was just people looking at them against each other rather than against the teams that they'd be playing. So, so Les, what's your positive change? Well, I'm going broad here and I'm going to rant against people who don't like it, but I really like third kits and I know they get dismissed as a money-making scam, but as a fan of kits, I like having more of them. They allow for your primary and change kits to be traditional, providing a club's got a traditional away kit, but they also allow designers to just go wild and create something distinct. And so because of that, third kits, certainly third shirts, 
tend to be a little bit more interesting and they tend to live longer in the memory. So you, you look at how people fetishise the unused 1990 England third kit or the green and gold Manchester United third kit or the Navy Roma shirt. You know, people are dropping massive sums of money on the original replicas by choice. And if I was to make a pro third kit argument, should one need to be made, I think choice is probably the key word I'd use. Because I'm going to call bullshit on the it's just a cash grab tabloid-esque view, which Uh always gets reflexively called out any time a third kit's released by people who I believe don't buy football shirts anyway. So they've, they've no real skin in the game. And I think the people who do buy football shirts can can probably articulate what they think themselves. I mean, I mean, certainly in the case of, of my club, Hull City, the third kits are made in such small quantities that the idea that the club makes a massive profit from it is is ridiculous. They, they just simply don't. It's just, um, it's just a choice. And also, it might be a bit whataboutism, but if people think third kits are a cash grab, does that mean they're against the idea of a club shop per se? Because surely a club shop is just there to make a club money. And nobody applies that cash grab turn to anything else in the club shop. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, I've got seven types of scarf. It's a rip off. <laughs> because people will just say, well, that's a choice. You don't have to buy all seven scarves. You buy the one that you like. And, you know, to me, that, that straw man bollocks argument about how parents are obligated to buy the kids all three kits and they have to buy the shorts and they have to buy the the, the socks too it, it is just that it's just it's straw man bollocks and i think if you're buying a kit if you're choosing to buy a kit or a shirt whether you're buying it for yourself or you're buying it for a child or whoever having a choice of them is a, a pretty good thing and i think by and large people will choose one they like out of three rather than saying can i have all three and what i really found fascinating is um in the u.s MLS fans are clamouring for third kits. There was a really good article in the uh, in the Athletic yeah. where, where they were talking about this and they were saying, look, we get the fact that, you know, the away kit or the secondary kit, as they tend to call it in the MLS, tends to be white because that's your American tradition of, of wearing a white kit on the road. We would like you to give us interest in third kits. And so far, the MLS and Adidas have been quite resistant. And there's a bit of a compromise this year. They've said, well, why don't we funk up the away kits a bit? I just find it really interesting that on that side of the Atlantic, they're asking for third kits, saying we want to give you the money. But on this side of the Atlantic, there's this hoary narrative that they're evil, they're the polyester embodiment of everything bad with capitalism. And I just don't like it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think three kits is enough. Sometimes needing another kit to avoid a clash. You know, if you're Manchester United and you have a red home shirt and you generally either wear a white or blue away shirt, then you're going to need something third. So, you know, for clash avoidance, I think a third kit's really important. And I think that basic function of football kits often gets lost in the discussion about replicas, the cost of replicas, how often they change. But I, I think three kits is a it's a decent-sized wardrobe for a team. Wearing the same thing all the time, that's for Steve Jobs and Bart Simpson. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I sort of like a bit of variety for clarity. I will say I don't like what Napoli are doing. I don't advocate for having a dozen kits. I don't, yeah. I don't really understand that. And the thing what I really don't understand about that is I, I go to Italy quite a bit to watch football. I noticed that fans tend not to 
they might, they might not have a current kit on. You know, last time I went to Sampdoria, there was loads of Kappa shirts being worn and they've not been with Kappa for, what, six, seven years. There isn't that culture of buying replicas every year that exists elsewhere. So I don't really see the point because it's almost not a cash grab because there yeah. isn't that culture of it. It's almost like they're doing it to be football's equivalent of the Oregon Ducks. But, but in terms of third shirts being a good thing, that's the hill I'm going to die on. I'm I'm surprised, Les, you were able to to identify the years that all the Sampdoria kids came from because they're the same every year, aren't they? <laughs> I'm not responding to that, don't I? <laughs> but overall, I agree. Third kits are needed in the the situations where the, the home and away clash, and they're not a new thing. That mm. you know, going back, you know, to the beginning of the FA Cup when the rule was both teams had to change. You know, ding ding. If your second kit was the same colour as the opposition one, you had to have a third kit then, you know. So they've been around for a century almost. And, you know, like you say, it's it's just this lazy journalism rolled out every time. You, you don't see any Coca-Cola have launched a new flavour. Now fans are going to have to shell out for nine different uh, varieties. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a new version of Kit Kats every three weeks. Yeah, Kit yeah, Kat yeah. Squares, Kit Kat Triangles, Kit Kat Isosceles. <laughs> Nobody yeah. complains. Exactly. It gives us variety. And like I say, Napoli are definitely overdoing it. With kind of like I, I do I, I do actually just to give myself another another positive change. I do have a soft spot for an emergency third kit, you know, that no one realizes it would be needed at the start of the season and it's just a treat to see it then. So the Napoli thing is the opposite of that. You know, it's just oh here's another new one. They all lose their specialness by having so many of them. So three three is definitely the, the magic number, as it were. I think I would rather stock in a club shop be made by the kit supplier, because typically the stuff that isn't is awful. It's usually badly made and, and, and just not good. And yeah. I know it might cost less, but there won't be any difference in the percentage of the markup. Yes, a replica shirt is more expensive than a scarf, but I bet the markup percentage is, is pretty much the same because yeah, yeah. simply that's how retail works. And so if you're going to have more stock, I would rather it resemble more of what the players get to wear. Yeah, third kits are great. I think there's a, there's no question they're needed and they are part of the overall kit collection. I think I think any team, I think very much the minority now teams don't have a third kit i think there's a handful of teams in the english league this season that have only got two and they're needed so i think they're definitely a, a good heel to play place yourself on and you won't be alone <laughs> Change. You want a So then, now that we've used up all the, the good stuff, what about the changes for the worse, Gav? Okay, so mine is one that has kind of been quite prevalent in uh, kit news in the recent years, and that's the impact of colour blindness when it comes to kit choices. Um, and it's for me, this comes in two parts. The first part is the initial design. So if you're a team that wears red, don't have a green or an orange third kit. Uh, and the second is when you have those kits, the choices that you make 
or the whoever makes the decision about wearing the kits that you um you use your kits correctly so you avoid that clash so uh, a real good example for this for me was Manchester United last season playing at Liverpool last season's away kit was like a dark green and then that created a colorblind clash with the red of Liverpool to stop this they wore white socks so bespoke white socks with the dark green shirts and shorts that created your your balance for your color blindness but actually they had a very adequate third kit the zebra black and white kit why didn't they use that why did they you know change this green kit for little or no reason just to then you know you know appease the color blindness but actually you've got a third kit sitting on the you know in the shelf that you could have used that would have stopped that so that's um one of the the things uh, that I don't like about it, looking at the statistics, one in 12 men are colorblind, one in 200 women are colorblind. So statistically speaking, at a capacity game at Wembley, that's five and a half thousand fans that are colorblind. So they're just in the stadium. You've got the other impacts of sunlight, of then adding the TV audience. I think when I was kind of doing a little bit of research into it, that Liverpool Man United game, it was estimated 500,000 people watching that were colourblind. And that was one of the times it was really brought to uh, the forefront. But also then it comes the other elements of the kit. So the goalkeeper kit, the green and the yellow clash of a green goalkeeper kit with a yellow outfield kit. These things need to be considered. I think that's probably why we're seeing a move away from the classic green goalkeeper kit look. And again, looking into this a little bit more, one of the things that I found that I didn't actually realise was an issue, but this was one of the real kickoff points, was the England-Scotland game from 2017. So that's the game that was at Wembley. That Scotland wore their pink away kit against England in their night uh, vapour template, the blue sleeves. Another mention that, two pods running. Now, Scotland changed because their home kit had white sleeves at that point. So it was seen as a clash, a sleeve clash. So they were made to wear the pink, but the pink and the white was a, a real bad colorblind clash and caused lots of complaints and lots of issues. So this is one of the first times it really hit social media. It got a lot more traction. And there's some now some really interesting material. FA have got a really good detailed how-to guide, basically, of what the different kits combinations should be. The, they talk about single kit usage is a, another issue. So we shouldn't be using single colour kits. So have the break in the you know different colour shorts, different colour socks, those kind of things that will help break that. So um, there's lots of out there. There's lots of that the FA are doing to help that. And also UEFA, there's some um, stuff they're doing to support how to create your kits to avoid this. But we're still seeing it kind of day to day. With the change colours, with the oranges, the greens, it's the yellows and the greens. I think there's also the, as we're getting more colour palettes in as well, the pastel colours that you're seeing, so the lighter blues, lighter pinks, purples. Barcelona's current awake, it apparently causes some colour blind issues as well, which are why I think is not used as much. So that's where I am with that one, gentlemen. Just requires a little bit of forethought. The club secretaries are required to submit what they intend to wear so the referee can look over this stuff so you know there shouldn't need to be as many on the day changes as there used to be because you think that'd be covered and i know somebody who worked for the premier league and i was asking them how how lockdown had, had affected the work and, and they said the biggest problem was the woman who has to check the kits over 
because she's working from home and every Premier League club is sending her boxes and boxes of kits, all three outfield kits, all of the goalkeeper kits to check over. And she's got no room in the house because the house is just full of boxes of kits. So that, again, would make you think that it's just a forethought thing. You know, these decisions should be planned well in advance. Yeah, particularly for me, for teams like Man United, Liverpool, they know roughly who they're going to be playing. And when they come to playing each other, you know, it's going to be very unlikely they get relegated. But both in recent years, you had Man United with the, the green away kit from last year. Liverpool have had an orange away kit recently. And it's like probably ties a little bit into the point that you made earlier then. So they're going to clash with each other. But actually that one is a clash. The orange, I know they wore it a lot against some teams, but who are yeah. they going to wear that against? Because, you know, all red and then all orange, that's that's a clash just you know, it's just why would the design team suggest that as an alternative? I, I struggle to get my head around that one. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. And the 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 colour blindness thing, it it's becoming more prominent, which is a good thing. But I suppose it's it's disappointing. It's taken so long, especially like bands and players are going to be suffering from it. And, and like even rugby, like World Rugby has said that from the twenty twenty seven World Cup on, red versus green will be considered a clash, but. I'm not sure why it's not happening from the 2023 World Cup on, you know. the Yeah, I've read it, somewhere there was some controversy about Ireland and Wales this year, kind of not yeah. following that advice. Yeah, I, I presume the, the old tradition excuse is looming large there. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're on the right track with it anyway. Dennis, what's your negative point? It's probably the the other side of, 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 um, of the coin of your good one Gav in that it, it's when teams could interchange and choose not to so basically if a team have a home kit and a, an away kit or a third kit in the same or very similar palette but they have chain shorts and socks for each kit rather than swapping over so it would take would take Man United uh, when they returned to Adidas in 2015-16 they had home obviously red shirts white shorts and black socks and then the away was the classic white shirts, black shorts, white socks. And then we, I might as well mention the third as well, uh, which was black with black shorts fading into white. And then I think white socks were the default. But the trim on that was infrared rather than actual red. So they could have actually had perfectly interchangeable across all three kits. But because that the red trim, that has to go to one side, even though ideally they would have all been the same but they they swapped the home and away shorts and socks which makes perfect sense you know they both they were white shorts and black shorts both with red stripes and they were able to be mixed and match and then for some strange reason the away socks were not used as the home alternative set they had a different set white with red tops rather than the white with red and black trim that were used for the away and it just it just didn't make any sense to my mind. You know, they just produced an extra set of white socks with red and black on them for no good reason. And you, you just see it happening a lot. I think, Les, was, what season did Hull have two sets of black shorts with amber trim and two sets of amber shorts with black trim? No, it was 2012-13. Yeah, we yeah. had four pairs of shorts across two two kits. Colours, yeah. I mean, it, you know, on, on the plus side, meant that the... The shorts matched the shirt better, but it was a little bit unnecessary. Okay. Yeah, and uh, again, I just feel like if the kits are being designed as a set, surely you can just tweak things to make it fit. But 
I don't know. There's obviously some reason why it doesn't happen. Very much an Adidas thing. They seem quite keen on making an additional shorts or socks set. Yeah. They feel it works better with the shirts they've, they've designed it for. Yeah. And so, what's your change for the worse? Well, though I will passionately defend third kits as a thing, something that makes my teeth itch, and it's not gingivitis, is third kits, or, or even away kits for that matter, being worn at home. Now, I'm not one of these people who enjoys the football kit equivalent of the Daily Mail, which is sort of Twitter accounts such as Kit Crimes, which moan about away kit used by away teams. I'm like, go figure. But third kits at home routinely spoils my enjoyment of time with James Richardson and James Horncastle when I'm watching Serie A because it's absolutely rife in that league, perhaps more than any other inter a register worthy offenders as a Milan it's as if anything goes at the San Siro and we've already gone over Napoli um, attempting to be the Oregon Ducks of football now they did it a fair bit during lockdown and I wondered if clubs were thinking well there's no fans in the stadium to protest about it so let's give it a crack but then they've just brazenly continued with it even when when fans have returned and I know in Italy the, the whole business of the home side changes to accommodate the guests that was prevalent in the English leagues up till about the 30s and 40s. That only switched in 1970, but that's still 50 years ago. It's, it's hard to believe they're, they're continuing that uh, as a look at that. And I just think they need to stop it. I don't like it. Yeah. No, and like I said, you know, I, I'm not a fan of just teams doing it for no reason. You know, it's just you're at home. So where your where your proper colours? I mean, Milan can just about get away with saying, "Well, our third kit's black with red trim." Yeah. So we're still wearing red and black. But then when you get like the inter third kit, which is black with like, a, a pastel orange and a pastel blue and a pastel yellow, and you just think, in a year where you've just changed your identity a fair bit, <laughs> that says nothing about your club whatsoever. Would you include cup kits in this as well? Thinking of Dortmund, Barcelona. I suppose in those cases you could consider it an alternate kit rather than a third kit. Yeah, yeah an alternative home kit. And if and if they announce it that way, perhaps I've no problem with that. Makes sense. Wake up, don't be a flirt. Come on, get your shirt. Get your shirt. Don't try hard to be a flirt. So as well as giving our own opinions, which are not given as absolutely correct, and they they are just opinions, we solicited views from Twitter as well, and we weren't disappointed with the response. So Puma and Umbro Design alumnus Rob Warner gave us a technical reply initially. Always have to be in stark contrast to the home kit. Thirds have to be in stark contrast to the other two or they're not approved. But then he offered a personal opinion that I think we can all get behind. Fourth kits must be in the colours of your fiercest rival. I <laughs> love that, Riffle. I'd love uh, yeah. to see. Dennis, can we stack up some uh, fancy kit Fridays with that? Yeah, one? I think we'd have to. <laughs> Pigeon family, meet Mr. Cash. <laughs> Jim Harrison was on your wavelength, Gav. He said, mix and matchability with other kits and or sharing the same design at least there should be trim that reflects the main home kit colour. He also added, 
they should guarantee they offer sufficient differentiation with the other options, including consideration of colour blindness. It's funny, you know, there was a point in 2012-13 where Hull City had two players with some degree of colour blindness and we stopped wearing amber whenever we travelled away to a team that wore a red home kit because it can be indistinguishable if you've got Deuter Anomaly, which is distinct from the Bible book. And I found myself explaining to people the reason we was doing it on Twitter again and again and again. But then eventually mm-hmm. the world caught up and I had some chap kitsplaining to me why we were doing it. So I, I didn't bother replying to them. There's some good tie-ins with all the comments we've kind of raised there previously from Jim. He's got uh, he's on our wavelength, I think, with some of these ideas. Um, Phil Hamblin said, I like the fact that Arsenal have what is considered traditional away colours, yellow and blue, even though uh, they, uh, this only dates from the late 60s and there have been plenty of seasons where other colours have been used. As our resident gooner, Dennis, what's your view on this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love it, um, especially, you know, it. <laughs> let, let's be honest, part of the reason people do like the colours so much is because their success is in yellow and blue, but it, it it's great. Um, that there that the colours have become associated with Arsenal, you know, not as much as red and white, obviously, but you know, to to a, a degree. I do wish that we would have had more, would have seen more Arsenal change kits, uh, in the same design as the home, but in yellow and blue, like the the famous one from nineteen eighty nine, um, or in the the mid nineties as well. Arsenal Wenger's first season, it happened, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a good thing. And then it, it's ironic, like that in. 2007 when nike brought out the the white white change kit for the first time in ages you know you had all these people up in arms about tradition even though white had been used before yellow so it was more traditional it could be argued but um you know when people talk about tradition they mean what what was in force when they were young basically Mm. does that tradition of the yellow come from the old cup rule of if there was a clash, both teams changed. Because I I thought that was great. And if you think if that didn't happen, there are certain classic away kits that we, you know, we wouldn't have in our consciousness like we do now. I think of Manchester City, who will often revisit the maroon or purplish maroon shirts with the white chalk stripes. And that comes from the 1956 FA Cup final where both teams wore the away kits. Manchester City, I think, were the home team that day. And so if that rule hadn't been in place or that tradition hadn't been in place, that maroon away kit tradition or prevalence would never have been a thing. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And I think Manchester United as well in 1948 wore blue, I think against Blackpool, who wore white in the final. Um, and that probably meant that blue was the natural choice for the European Cup final in 68. Then Arsenal's one isn't as clear-cut as that. In in the 1950 final, they did wear kind of old gold against Liverpool because Liverpool wore white, um, and white was Arsenal's second choice at the time. And the reason given that Arsenal wore that was because it was the closest to red that they could wear that wasn't <laughs> red, if that makes sense. And the goalkeeper ended up wearing red in, in the final. The, the yellow came in 1968 when the FA decided to ban Navy change kits um, with Arsenal and Tottenham both at Navy um, as their second choice at the time. And it was, I think, a guy called Ron Goodman um, 
Simon Shakeshaft it, it, it provided me with all this information now and it's in the Arsenal shirt but that he worked with the clubs to come up with an alternative and yellow was chosen in each case because it would limit the need for a third kit because you know Arsenal weren't going to be playing Partick Thistle or or Lance, um, you know, at the time to, to need an alternative. They did end up playing Blackpool um, and Luton in the years that followed. Poise was, was used as a kind of a, a backup backup option. But yeah, it was it was 19, 1968 was, was when the, the first yellow and blue Arsenal change kit was. And another view from Twitter was from our friend and template cataloger for the kit plus site, Chris Oakley. He said, the away kit should be should really be in a contrasting colour to the home kit, and ideally one should be in a dark colour while the other is light, in my opinion. Basic stuff, but it's amazing how often suppliers ignore it. And then, this is something I just mentioned, he said, there's nothing wrong with using the same template for both home and away kits. Seeing the t- same template in two colour combinations is never a bad thing, which I heartily agree with. Mm. When I read this, the first thing that springs to my mind are the 1988 England kits. All the three kits, the same template. I love that. That was uh, one of my favourite kit sets uh, in history. Englishman in New York, James Campbell Taylor, who might like his toast done on one side, I don't know. He says, I think there has to be some continuity between the home and away. They should be the same structural template. They have to look related like a set. I also think they shouldn't stray from a team's traditional colours. Hard to disagree. Yeah, no, I, I do like it even... Like you'd see teams sometimes and say have an all black away kit, but the trim will be in the home colours. Like I, I can recall just off the top of my head, Bradford doing it. Uh, it just looks smart. I think you know that you still just have the the acknowledgement of the the first choice, um, first choice colours. Yeah, it's a good point. Tying again, tying into things we've kind of discussed. So um, yeah, really interesting to see and read. Well, thanks to everyone who responded to us on Twitter. And that wraps up episode eight of the Football Kit Podcast quite nicely. And like a certain MI6 agent, we will return with a view to a kit. So from Dennis, Les and me, Gav, thanks for joining us. 